It's time for Sunday with the Podcastle. Matthew Clark and Michael King Biscardi. Are we live? We're live. And before we... Uh, we have a few things in store today we wanted to talk about. I wanted to bring back New York Trivia, a New York Minute with Michael Biscardi. called a New York Minute, where we quiz Michael about landmarks of New York and get his feedback and take on it. And also a little bit of what the hell is wrong with people. But before that, I wanted to mention we had uh, Caitlyn Jenner on the show last week. I heard. How did that go? You know what? It was incredible. Um, unfortunately, Caitlyn had to depart a little prematurely. There, no. I think she was cooking. Yeah. On the road. I mean, she was cooking while driving and texting, and she dropped her phone. And it was just mayhem, so we hope she's okay. She's in our prayers and thoughts. But you missed yeah, it. Yeah, something just kind of came up last minute, but I heard it was a great show. How'd you manage to get her at the last second? Which may have been her last hour. So. It could have been. I mean, we hope not, but um, you know, her show's not doing that well, and she needed uh, some more exposure, so her agent contacted us at at the last minute and said, you know, if you have a spot open, I know Mike's out. And she came on and it was, it was great. It's probably best show ever. Something about manslaughter charges possibly being brought yeah. up. So maybe, um, I don't know, maybe the Los Angeles district courts just aren't tracking her very untimely accident that you say happened. It's true. You know, they're so tied up with corruption and things like that and crime that I think Caitlin might be off the hook. We hope. Mm. Hope she's okay. And John this week, I believe, he is in Vail, Colorado. He is in Vail, yes. Vail. Mm. Which I looked that up online to try to see where that was in the state in regards, and it's uh it's uh it's out there, man. It's a it's a beautiful spot from what I read. Yeah. Gerald Ford used to vacation there and they called it the White House of the West because he ran a lot of his presidency from his uh, hotel in Vail. Isn't that where Sonny Bono crashed into a tree? I think so. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. I'll have to check that out. So what do you want to kick off with? You want to do a little New York Minute? Sure. What, do you have any material lined up for that? Let's do a I, New York Minute. I do. Now, most of you are familiar that Michael is from New York. He's lived there most of his life and is very familiar with the city. When I say the city, I mean city as a whole. I don't mean Midtown or the touristy spots like I know. I'm talking about the real meat potatoes of the city. So we have this little game called New York Minute, and we're going to mention some historical landmarks and places in the city, and Mike's going to give us his take, whether it's worth it, not worth it, what he thinks about it, whatever. You ready? Let's shoot. All right, number one, the Liberty Bell. Clark, it's not there. <laughs> right. The Ocean City, New Jersey Pier. No. Uh, we're going to start off with an obvious one. You tell us if you've been there, the whole deal. First one is one of the most famous music venues in the world. In Manhattan, it's Carnegie Hall. I've been to it, I've never seen a show. Do they still have. Uh, like, what kind of shows do they still have there? Because I know in its heyday, it was... kind of stuff that you have to still have a black tie for, I'm sure. Yeah. I just never had that, that group of friends. Not that I wouldn't see something there. I just wasn't in that click. You know, I had the season tickets from the board of directors of, you know, Columbia University. Yeah, I don't believe you. All right. That was Carnegie Hall. Let's start off with... Uh, Another obvious one, and then we'll, we'll scale it down to more obscure. St. Patrick's Cathedral, a first large-scale medieval-style church built in the U.S. And often collects, at least last time I remember being there, a lot of panhandlers out on the steps. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Now, they obviously have mass there, but is it more of a... Uh, more worse landmark than you walk in, you, you put your hand in the holy water, then you make a right to the souvenir shop. How narcissistic would you be if they're like, So, what church do you go to every Sunday? Oh, St. Patrick's. That's yeah, my parish. 
Yeah, I belong there. It's like you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Sunday, it's my house. Buy a shop. St. Patrick's was my original parish, actually. Wow. St. Patrick's Huntington. That and that's okay. This is where I was baptized, but quite a cathedral. They're quite a cathedral. All right. Yeah, was a lot of, I remember the last time I was there, there was uh, some potheads out on the steps. Giving the, the sign that, you know, it's funny, oh, but good. it's not really original. Hey, we need money for pot. At least we're not bullshitting you. Yeah. At least you're honest. You're not lying. Yeah, everybody's seen that sign before. It's nothing original. But, yeah, I remember seeing that outside of St. Patrick's last time I was there. Well, all right. You're traveling into the city from New Jersey. Do you prefer to take the George Washington Bridge, the Holland Tunnel, or the Lincoln Tunnel, and why? Where am I going? That's true. Okay, you're going to uh, the Upper West Side. You have lunch, and you need to get there quick, or as quick as you can. Lincoln Tunnel. Lincoln Tunnel, okay. Here's one that's interesting. I've never seen this, but <clears throat> the Central Park, well, I mean, I've seen Central Park, but there's a zoo inside the park. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this zoo or been there? I didn't even know they had I, one. I have, but it's it's not one of the places I'm a regular at. Is it like a full-scale zoo or is it like yeah. <clears throat> a parakeet? Scale, the guy's like, feed me. Like the Bronx Zoo. Um, you know, I actually don't even know the wildlife that they have there now. But um, it's not – yeah, i got to be honest. I don't even remember what part of the park it's in. I think it's – I want to say up in the 90s of the West Side. That's a good question. I can't even remember where the hell it is. I just but pictured yeah, the zoo in Batman Returns, <laughs> the penguin. Okay. It's amazing you... stuff that really only attracts the tourists. Yeah, I <laughs> guess so. probably be able to outsmart me. I mean, um, I think I told, told you before in the last segment of this that I've actually never been inside the Statue of Liberty before in my life. I guess a lot of New Yorkers... Don't go there. I wouldn't go to like the Empire State Building because it's like a tourist thing. Like it's yeah, well, it's on my without the Empire State Building. I've been in all the way to the top, but um, okay. Oh, for a good number of years they shut the Statue of Liberty down, and I will say it is on my bucket list. All right, it's fair enough. There is uh, the political heart of Manhattan. Many protests begin or end here, and that is Union Square. Well, I need a time I've been caught up in. By caught up, I mean pushing people out of my way. <laughs> Get out of here, yeah. you rebel rouser. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got a few. It's a big city. It's quite a lot. The New York Life Building. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Been near it? Been inside? Yeah. Yes, all three. It's just an office building? I mean, there's really no reason to... Just put the sign up. All right. All right. Here's an obvious one. Metropolitan Museum of Art. Yes. Do you like art museums? I do. You know, my buddy is a PhD and and now a professor, recently graduated with his doctorate. Uh, So, you know, I only get to see him a couple times a year. Yeah. And, uh... So if I'm tagging along with them to an art museum, I enjoy it. I have a nice time. But I, I I see it. I see the piece. I take a look at it. I admire it. I move on to the next. Yeah. As you know, art history majors, they could sit there and fawn over this stuff Ugh. for minutes and minutes. And, uh, you know, I just – that that's not really me. So, yeah, I enjoy them, but maybe not to the degree of somebody who is more scholarly in that field. Um, but yeah. I enjoyed one of the Mad Donuts several times. Um, I'm sure it's it's really cool to see. I'm, I'm like you. I mean, I appreciate art, but I can't sit there and yeah. fall over it. I got to sit and go, oh, it's great. Uh, I think the pretty. most time I ever spent at, a, at an art piece was probably the Sistine Chapel, just because it's the Sistine Chapel. And, you know, I took time to sneak a photo in, even though you're not supposed to do that. But nice. um, that's one of the many sights to see in Roma. I've mm-hmm. never been to the Louvre, but I'd probably spend a little time gazing at the Mona Lisa. But you know, um, it's I a painting. Just, yeah, it's like the uh, Philadelphia Art Museum. The last time I was there as a kid, 
the most exciting part was seeing like the steps that were in Rocky. I'm like, okay, I've seen That's, it. Yeah. It's if, great. If you're running up them like Stallone, uh, I think you definitely would appreciate the, the steps alone as, a, as artwork because they were in a major piece of art. They were very iconic to that film, which is one of my favorites. But yeah, like Classic. Set, you know, yeah. A bunch of steps. Yeah, I'd rather go to a museum see like oh there's the sword that custer used you know as opposed to oh here's an abstract painting i've had to go for one for college and one i think was just leisurely with the family but uh on 81st street the museum of natural history some very fascinating information about the history of mankind but for some reason i find it very boring yeah here's tools that's great yeah. I got a tool of my pants. The Neanderthalic. Yes. Period. Yeah. And here's a mannequin. This is what you would have looked like four million years ago. Well, you can still see that today if you go to most like Eagles games in Philadelphia. The <laughs> Neanderthalic uh, troglodytes are still alive. <laughs> here's a cool one. One of the most active U.S. ships during World War II. Today, museum moored along the west side is the USS Intrepid. I have been to that part of the west side numerous times, you know, more times than I can count. I've never stepped foot on it, no. Was that the ship in uh, I Am Legend where he's golfing off of? And there's like the blackbird on it. Yeah, probably. All right. Still good to do a few more. I got a few here. Here's some obscure ones. The Chester A. Arthur House, name of home oh. of President Chester Arthur. 11th President of the United States. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I it's don't not know. a very impressive looking house. It's just a brownstone. I mean, it's, it's impressive. Honestly, neither is um, Sagamore Hill, which was TR's house, which is out on Oyster Bay, which I've been to a few times. Um, it's not impressive? No, it really is. Just a isn't. house. It, yeah, yeah. But it, 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 I don't know if I've ever... No, I don't think so. Brooklyn Heights. There's Lived the uh, historic dr- district there. Lived right in it. Wow. Hey, let me ask you a question. Where was uh, Ebbets Field when it was... That was Flatbush Avenue. Flatbush. Is that a bad area now? Is it a good area? There's no such thing as a bad area in Brooklyn anymore, it seems. Well, to their standards of a bad area, if you think crime really. Now, you know, to me, a bad area is, is, is well, really, it's all hipster town, and to me, that's a bad area. That's a bad area. Sometimes I think a good crime wave would scare all these freakazoids back home. Yeah, I'd rather have 50 Cent shoot at me than a hipster say, hey, I'm part of the 1%. I mean, part of the 99%. I went to college. Yeah. Cut your hair. Yeah. I was reading an article in Ebbets Field that was online somewhere. and uh, Talk about the history, man. That was when a ballpark was, you know, sold out. People went there and it was, you know, guys with cigars and mm-hmm. pregnant women were at home. I mean, it was just different era. And then this guy named Walter O'Malley ruined it for everybody. Bastard. Well, there's a lot of really interesting history to the whole the move to the West and, um, you know, you can see two sides of it. The fans would all say, you know, Walter Malley is the antichrist. But if you were to look at it from his point of view, you know, most of these fans were all, um, I guess, enemies of their own success, victims or enemies of their own success. And they all moved away. You know, people started moving out to Long Island. They had houses and now you had to drive into Northport City to see a ball game. Yeah. And, you know, Ebbets Field wasn't really made to accommodate drivers and cars in their parking lot. So people just, you know, kind of started uh. games on the radio and then they couldn't sell tickets anymore. And now you had a new set of fans. The, you know, the guys with the, suit, the suits, the fedoras and the, the cigars became the new wave of immigrants. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you, you, you um, could walk yeah, there. The islands of the Caribbean, <laughs> who uh, you know, kind of disrespected the place a little bit, and um, you know, Brooklyn became yeah the bum borough. So 
you know, he would, he just wasn't left with a whole lot of choices after that. You're a businessman. Yeah, still, obviously, still. I, want, I want the Dodgers back. It's the only thing that would probably get me interested in baseball. I actually tried to watch a baseball game. Wow. A couple hours ago, it was Mets, Red Sox. Mets are winning, and I couldn't care less. But this is yet one of every season goes by. Oh, I'm gonna get back into baseball. It's just, a, I think it's the most boring sport in the world. It's tough to do. And honestly, if the Dodgers came back, it's not like you'd be watching Campanella and Hodges and and Jackie. It would just be, yeah. you know, like the Nets. The Nets are now in the Barclays Center, and you got all these new fans that think it's cool because they just moved into Park Slope. I like Jay Z. Yeah, just to wear Nets hats. And it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, it'd be like a new team almost. Here's one. Uh, King Manor, home of Rufus King, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, an early U.S. senator from New York. It's a nice manor homestead in Jamaica, Queens. It's got a nice lawn. Nice garden here. Somehow made it through the riots and and the white flight. (laughs) I guess so. It looks like something out of Williamsburg. I mean, I don't know what Jamaica Queens looks like, but I, if you could show me this picture and say, "Oh yeah, this is the governor's house in Williamsburg," I'd be like, "Yeah, I can see that." It looks just like it, colonial architecture. Yeah, there's the only colonies that have really ever uh, inhabited Jamaica. Pretty much been the same for the past century. That's one place that I would say has not changed. Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a cool one. This is in a lot of films. Considered the world's first skyscraper, distinctive triangular building at Madison Square is the Flat Iron Building. Yes. What yes. is it? Just an office building, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, this is like every movie. It's that yeah. one. Yeah. Very old building. Oh, yeah. But they call it, you know, the Flat Iron District um, for that building. Ah. When you're in New York, when you live in New York, do you stay away from the uh, Midtown tourist areas, or do you try to... Well, I, my last place was in Midtown. Um, oh, right. Was, you know, I had, after I took the job in, in Little Rock, I'm sorry, before I took the job in Little Rock, that was where I lived. I lived in Turtle Bay. Oh. Which, you know, wasn't Midtown touristy, like, you know, Times Square. Or... Uh, um, well, it was kind of touristy, I guess, but it wasn't. It was really just a, uh, you know, one of those new trendy neighborhoods with the bars. Yeah, and uh, there was some there was some office types there because it wasn't that far from Park Avenue, but um, it was a quieter part of Midtown. I like Turtle Bay. What would you rather have to live in a? Uh Nice apartment in Midtown, you know, fully furnished and all that, or a brownstone on the Upper East Side. You know, I, I love the brownstone, and I lived on the Upper East Side as well, as you know. Indeed. Uh, helped me move when I Indeed. lived on the Upper 80, East Side. You were 84th and 2nd? No, 83rd. And uh, that was that was a walk-up, if you recall, fifth floor. Yes. That was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I've never made that mistake again, never will. But, uh, you know, I really didn't care much for Yorkville very much. Number Just, one, it's a pain in the ass to get from the subway because they're, they're never going to finish that Second Avenue subway line anytime. In my it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I just I didn't care much for it. And it's mostly all people who are younger. The rents are a little bit lower. Because it's a nice place to live, but it's not a terribly convenient place to live because of the long distance from the subway. Um, you know, there's the Upper East Side on Madison Avenue. I would love a townhouse there. But the brownstones and all tend to be more Upper West Side. Yeah. Off the of Central Park. If you go to, uh, off the streets in the 80s and 70s, those are more brownstone types. I personally like Brooklyn Heights the most. That's where the best brownstones were. Oh, wow. Very nice. Here's a... This looks like an old ship. It's a light ship several miles offshore that marked Ambrose Channel into New York Harbor. It's the Ambrose Light Ship. 
it's just a boat. <laughs> Never mind. Think you got me stumped on that. <laughs> it's just a boat. It's just a boat with a a light on it. I don't know why it's. I guess it's historical, but I have seen the little tiny red lighthouse before, which is the furthest northern point in New York. It's underneath the GWB. Oh. No wait. Uh, is it even? Well, it's. I say right underneath. It's actually a little further than that. I'm sorry. It's no. It's a park. Um, that's the furthest northern point of Manhattan. It's on a little grassy knoll. Sorry, not underneath the bridge, but it's on a little grassy knoll. And it's a little tiny red lighthouse. That's pretty cool. Mm. Here's a bizarre one. Wards Point Archaeological Site in Tottenville, Richmond, Staten Island. Yeah. It's an archaeological site in Conference House Park containing prehistoric remains. It, yeah. it looks right, like yeah. just a, some trees. Uh, which has probably become a landfill of people's it, garbage. Right. It looks like just some trees. All right, let's do two more here. Uh, Try to get some good ones here. Looks like Manhattan holds the most historical landmarks. Uh, According to the Wikipedia. I suppose. Brooklyn looks like it has the second most. Yeah, I mean, Staten Island really only has so much. It's got Fort Wadsworth, which doesn't really attract tourists. Um, Whatever this site you just mentioned is and then there's of course Tot Hill which was where all the you know Gambinos live but again it doesn't really attract a lot of tourists what's the nearest prison outside of there what is it Sing Sing where do they send people if you if you get convicted in New York which is now called something else and um, last time I was through Sing Sing uh, Ossining was Actually, not that long ago. I think it was about a year ago. Um, it's just there were houses right next to this prison, little tiny row homes. Oh, good. <laughs> and um, from the opposite side of the Hudson, you get a nice view of the docks of the prison. It's it's kind of an eyesore. Yeah, it, I bet. History. <laughs> six, yeah, six, right is prison town. It's, it's one of the places on the Hudson that has reasonable real estate rates for you pay for the inconvenience of living living near a notorious prison. Oh. Yeah, I bet. Here's cool. Players Club. Extensive collection of art and theater memorabilia. Interior redone by Stanford White in Manhattan. Have you ever heard of the Players Club? Where is it? Manhattan. I'm trying yeah. to figure it out. Try and zero in on it. It's a small. Uh, see where it is. Sixteen Gramercy Park. Oh, Gramercy. It's uh, a tiny. Uh, looks like a pub. I don't even know. It's great place to live. To, uh, I think I have actually. Um, I bet you've been no, to a lot of these places and didn't even realize about, it. Because now I'm thinking about the playwrights' house. Now I don't know. But um, that's a place I'd like to live. I've never lived in Gramercy. One of my dreams once was to live in Gramercy Park. I don't know if I really care anymore, too. I'm, I'm sort of over the Manhattan life, quite frankly. But um, that was one place that I always liked very much. Huh. Gramercy. I'm going to give one more here for uh, New York Minute with Michael Biscardi. I'm trying to make this a good one. There's quite a few. Uh, here's one. Starbucks on 82nd. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that is exactly where it was. 82nd, uh, where I saw Derek Jeter. No, what, what was it? 80, it was 85th. He used to go to a Starbucks from time to time and bump into him. You always took the subway in New York. Did you ever take a cab? Or was that just like way too expensive? Um, of course I did. Everybody has. But um, but as a main, like... I was always that guy who I'd only take a cab if... It was either an emergency or you're I late. Felt I had to get there faster, but really it never got me there faster. Or I was mooching off as somebody else's dying. Ah. <laughs> All right, last one. This is kind of cool. The Jackie Robinson House was a Brooklyn home of baseball great Jackie Robinson from 1947, yada, 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 yada. It's in uh, Tilden Avenue in Brooklyn. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, it looks just like the one in the movie. House, but I've been to the cemetery. My grandfather and my grandmother and my aunt are buried in the same cemetery as Jackie Robinson. Wow. 
It's amazing. Uh, May West. She's buried up there on Cypress Hill. Oh, interesting. Where, where is that? Cypress Hill? Yeah. It's insane. The membrane. You know, a lot of these houses, too. I, I think, like, seeing somebody's house they grew up in wouldn't be that interesting unless you're, like, already in the area and you go, oh, that's where Jackie Robinson grew up. But I don't know if I'd make a trip to be, like, okay, no, just a house that, before they yeah, were famous. It's not – that's something that's just so long ago that people don't really care enough. Yeah. If it was, like, a house that somebody lived in after they were famous and they built it and it was, like, yeah, well, first of all, Neverland just a, Ranch or something. Just a fine Tilden Avenue. It's just, again, one of those things that tourists would probably – make it halfway over one of the bridges and say, eh, I'm going to turn around. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to say... Maybe the cool if you're in the neighborhood, but... The touristy places are, you know, Strawberry Fields, the Dakota... Forever. Um, the five points. Five points. Um, and, of course, you know, the theaters. Yeah. But as far as, you know, places of history with prominent people and, you know, where they were shot, um, you know, I used to get people all the time asking me where the Dakota was. And it could be like three blocks from it. And I'd say, oh, you're on the wrong side of town. <laughs> you got to get back on the GW and just head into uh, East Rutherford and just keep going. You'll see it. It's called MetLife Stadium. You're there. You just offers find a resting place as well. It's a long yes. Way. Just head in there. I want to I want to cap off, if if with your permission, the uh, New York Minute. There's a few abandoned places in New York, and we've mentioned uh, Brother Island and stuff. But there's a few other ones too. I want to just see if you've heard of these. If we can spend a minute or two, if I may, pick your brain. There's the Rockland Psychiatric Center, and the Rockland County much. Okay, well, but tell me about it. Well, the Rockland—I will, Mike. It's very interesting you should say that because the Rockland Psychiatric Center is an abandoned psych center with uh, overgrown weeds, looking like they're trying to take the building back into the earth. And uh, Orangeburg, New York—I don't know where that is. Um, yeah, you see one psychiatric center abandoned. You see them all, but this one's kind of creepy because it looks more modern on the inside, like it only closed down recently. But there's still. Uh, mattresses and playboys and really like hung up there there's a bowling alley inside which is still has the balls lined up no i am uh, a little intrigued Where, i gotta look this place up Let's this is creepy rockland psychiatric center yeah there's a it actually looks more like a a rec got. center than a, psych, a psychiatric center a, a bowling alley like this actually sounds like a va hospital to me let's see what we got here okay um, they still have all the shoes from the bowling there. They have trophies. Gosh, Rockland Psychiatric. Today, a grid of overgrown streets divides a vast configuration of maze-like buildings known only by number. There were separate wards for men, women, children, and other subsets of the population, like the infirm, the violent, and the criminally insane. Other workshops, auditoriums, power plants, administration buildings, staff housing, the list goes on and on and on. Oh my goodness, look at this place. All right, what is this? Rockland Sykes Center. One of Rockland's most interesting features is the four is the old four-lane bowling alley. It's heavily trafficked area full of tempting props. Pins, balls, shoes, and trophies have been endlessly moved around, manipulated, and rearranged to perfect triangles in the middle of the lanes. I'm looking at the bowling shoes now. Okay. <laughs> wow. wow. I've never heard of this place. But again, yep. I never really got to Orangeburg that much. Never heard of... Uh, Psychiatric center having a bowling alley. Yeah, cool. this, this must be asylum life. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I'm looking at bowling shoes right now. Well, if you needed a pair of bowling shoes, I guess I know where you could find it. Size 11, please. Wow. Here's one that looks kind of creepy. The Haunting of Wincliffe Mansion. The Hudson River Valley is home to more than a chair of formidable ruins, yada yada. But few match the spooky appeal of Rhinebeck's Winecliff Mansion. Its beetle-brown exterior is blessed with that beguiling combination of gloom, ornamentation, and extreme old age that has only the best haunted houses claim. It's an old mansion, but it uh, looks like a war-torn bomb building from like World War II in London. just destroyed. That psych center, though, is cool. A anything with... 
kind of like Brother Island, any of those like creepy places that people were put against their will, whether it's like prison or psych yeah. centers that are banded, there's just something like creepy and evil about it. Makes for a good movie set. Yeah. I don't know where any of these places are. I, I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you where Orangeburg is. Mm, it's a little ways up. Yeah. It's one of those places that, you know, we say is upstate, but it's not, you know, so far upstate as it's just on that border of Canada. People think that anything upstate is anything north of the Bronx, you know, Yonkers and beyond. But yeah. It's too far up. About an hour away from the city. Yeah, I'll do two more here. This one's cool. This looks like something out of Cinderella. Snooping in Storybrook, Storybook Castle. There's a deserted castle in the woods... And it has heart-shaped pools and Rapunzel-inspired towers. Hmm. Uh, let me see where the hell this is. Construction began in 1907 by a prominent New Yorker, an heir to the builder of a famous canal. Wow, this thing's crazy. I'm going to give you this. I'll tell you what this is. Um, 1949, it was purchased by the Prince Hall Grand Lodge of the Masonic Order, an African-American group based in Manhattan. Wow, here you go. Unfortunately, ten years later, the castle is left completely vulnerable to vandals and exposed to elements. Though the interior is remarkably well-preserved, several rooms are tagged up with uninspired graffiti. For this reason, we've chosen not to reveal the true name or location of the castle. Well, makes me want to look for it more. All right, let's take a look. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, it's creepy. The, the rooms are all smaller, like a dollhouse. There's little tiny closets because it's supposed to be like a storybook. All the doors are shaped like um, castle doors, like Cinderella. And there's little uh, castle towers around. I mean, it's made to... This creepier, Creepo made it look like you were in a storybook, which is kind of weird. That is a little creepy. I'm going to try to get the real name here. I think our listeners need to know. Yeah, I'm a little curious myself. Here we go. Storybook Castle, New York. It's called the Mason's Castle. The Mason's Castle. The Mason's Castle, Ghost of the American Renaissance. Uh, hmm. Oh, it's in upstate New York. Let's see. I'm going to say it's got to be way upstate. I've never heard of it. A little misleading with some of these articles. Famous abandonments of New York City. By the way, this is in upstate New York. <laughs> this is in Connecticut, right? <laughs> Next to Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, but this, uh, it's called Mason's Castle, and it's uh, its just a huge mansion built like a storybook castle, and it's its creepy. Definitely something you got to check out when you go back east. There's definitely a lot of sites to see on the to-do list. There are tons of them. Brother Island has to be number one. Yeah, it's got to be number one. I'll cap, that, I'll cap off this. Just, uh, just the fact that it, it takes such a, a means of creativity to get there you got to get a boat kayak a dinghy raft something i wouldn't even know where to rent one of those build one yeah <laughs> cast away i'll cap off this segment of uh, new york minute abandoned version with uh, north brother island we've mentioned this before it's an abandoned island that housed uh, it was for quarantine victims of typhoid typhoid mary uh, typhoid fever was there um, had its own hospital factory, and it's just a massive hospital complex, abandoned. Um, I'm not sure where it is. It's near the Bronx. It's in between the Bronx and Queens, actually. It's off the coast of Rikers Island, as a matter of fact. Rikers Maybe is where we want to go. They get too overstaffed at, at Rikers with inmates. <laughs> They'll find some inhabitable portion of Brother Island. Need to do it. Oh, here's one more. Hearts Island. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, I've heard of it. Never been. Yeah, I don't think there's anything there. It's like where they they bury homeless people. I've heard. I, I might be urban legend. I don't know. Oh yeah, looks like it. It was a missile yeah, depository. It the army used it for. Yeah. All right, so that concludes a little New York minute. Thanks for playing. Always tweet us your questions at the underscore podcast. What's that? About a New York half hour, we'd call it. But yes, New York half hour. Hope you enjoyed it. Tell us, Mike, is there anything wrong with people today? Uh, well, what should we talk about? Um, There's a lot. 
Well, there is a lot to talk about right now. We talked about uh, earlier on in the in our series. We talked about bums before, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was listening to the Savage Nation, Doctor Michael Savage, as I often do when I, I need a good chuckle from the conservative side. Indeed. And uh, he did a, earlier this week. He did a segment on bums in San Francisco. Uh, and in fact, what was the last time you were in Frisco? Shark, you know it was uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. No, 2012. But, 2000, but yeah, so 2012. Yeah. All right. So he was doing a bit on bums in San Francisco, which was inspired by this article that was printed, and it was this homeless guy taking a dump <laughs> in public. You gotta see this picture too. There's a real money shot. I saw it on his website. This guy, this guy just drops his drawers and he and he drops a load in the middle of wherever he was. Classy. And then there was another issue about on Lombard Street, how some tourists, I guess, got accosted by some bums who stole cameras or whatever. Ugh. And uh, you know, he was talking about how the bums are just really out of control. So what's wrong, really, with putting them into a mental hospital to sort of caveat what we're getting at just with the insane asylums that were all shut down. Let's segue that conversation into this one. He was talking about how it's really not inhumane to put people in the mental hospital and what's so inhumane about that. And I started thinking about that. I really, I took an interest to it. What's the other option? Because they're still going to live on the street. Uh, even, you know, do you have to give them a house? Is that how it works? Will that get them off the street? Um, you know, here's some, here's some land and don't worry, we got a crew. They're going to build you a nice house. And if that's not good enough for you, you know, we'll give you a motorhome and you can go anywhere in the continent you want. You know, where does it end with them? So, uh, my personal problem right now with de Blasio uh, who has been now in office his second year, going on third? third um, he will be going his third next year. Anyway, I, you know, now I've been out of town for the past two years, so I, I haven't really been able to judge him based on what I've seen firsthand, but more or less what I've seen in the headlines and, um, you know, from people that I hear from back home. But I was able to vote in the New York City mayoral election prior to my move to Little Rock when I had to go do a job down there and then I came here to Texas. But, um, you know, I had a feeling de Blasio was going to win. So his position on things is the panhandlers in Penn Station had really become a problem. And people were... (laughs) I remember seeing an interview. This was on Fox News, of course. But Fox News was interviewing a bunch of bums, and some of them had said that they had been homeless for going on 10 years. Very yes. honest. Man. I'll give it to their credit. Some of them, very honest. They were booze hounds, and they were crack addicts, and their home was Penn Station. And nothing was being done to get them out of there because de Blasio basically – believe that it just it's not their fault we can't punish people for being in situations that they can't control so i guess you know, yeah control over crack addicts and booze hounds <laughs> people have been living in penn station for going on 10 years now jeez so you know what's wrong with these politicians or what what is wrong with mental hospitals where they get the care that they need they get three square meals a day. They have a, a roof over their head. Why is that inhumane? Yeah, they're so, getting three hots at a cut. I mean, is there anybody out there, any of our listeners that could tweet us a good argument on that one? Let so, me comment on that for just a second, if I may. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. If you still want to. Well, I, I agree with you, and, and I don't know who you said should be put in mental hospitals. Um. But they should, and I'll tell you why. I can't really comment on the New York bums, um, but I can tell you in California, Los Angeles, San Francisco, there's a huge homeless problem. And it's not homeless in the sense where 
there's a guy who was down in his luck who's asking for money. No, no, no. They're homeless because there's a huge example in L.A. There's a huge meth problem. And they take meth and they become literally crazy. So where do you put a crazy person? You put them in a mental hospital. And I actually asked somebody. I asked a government official this when I worked in West Hollywood. It was like a council member. I just said, look. There's a huge meth problem, and it's not just a guy looking for money. I mean, it's dangerous. I mean, how many police arrest people trying to scratch their way into a house? I mean, they're going to – I've called the police a bunch of times because a, a meth head jumped in my friend's car and was trying to break into someone's home that I saw. Like, somebody was carrying a machete. Right. Like, they, they should be in a mental hospital. They just know no bounds when they're on the meth. Right, yeah. You they, spit your teeth out till you got nothing left but a couple of little black nubs in your gums, and, and you don't care. you got to figure that. Yeah, there's a problem. <laughs> so I said to him, I said, so he says to the guy, he says to him, I say, uh, why aren't there any mental hospitals? You know, if you go to where I grew up in Pennsylvania, if there was somebody crazy that had something, they would, there was facilities where you would go. And he said, well, Reagan closed down a lot of them in, in yes. the 80s. And yeah, I said, that's, that's true. But, yeah. but it's not it's 2014 you know well it actually then. wasn't reagan it was actually his predecessor he just had to follow it he just had to follow it yeah. sure, but i mean that was 30 years ago like let's open them up and they say oh well there's not enough you know the money it's not a priority it's like well, you know that should be a priority you have people thousands of people in the streets that are dangerous and you know like mike said they're taking shits in public um, screaming at each other. I mean, I'm not talking about the guy that's down in his luck that had a couple drinks that needs some change. I'm, I'm talking about just dangerous people, and there needs to be mental hospitals to get them the help and the treatment they need, and get them off the streets. And it's uh, you know, it's tough love, but it's it's a danger to society. If there was a guy walking down the street waving a gun in the air, they're not going to yeah. go, "Ah, oh, he's they, you're going to arrest him." Um, I don't know. And it's really bad here in Corpus Christi, which I actually – I didn't anticipate this coming down here. It was really bad in Little Rock. but What, the homeless problem? It was really bad. Uh, well, not, actually, not necessarily homeless. I think they had homes, most of them, but there was a lot of panhandlers. It was um, – you know, I lived in kind of a seedy area while I was down there because I was cheap. Didn't want to spend a lot of money. I figured I'm only going to live here a year. Yeah. Why and, not? You know, my only vice was a dive bar down the block and I liked it it was cheap but sure. um, you know certainly not a place <laughs> I would want to call home but there was uh, you know that was the, the the ghetto life for lack of a better term that's how they lived there they just lived in poor conditions so I don't necessarily know if they were all homeless people here in Corpus Christi South Texas are homeless because or maybe they're not they're just putting on a good show but they're always 24-7 on the same streets underneath the overpasses. And I think the biggest problem with this town is, I think I've said it before, is that the people here, the residents, who have some semblance of success, give them money. And they can't. Uh. And they won't go away once you do that. But they don't really see that down here. You know? It's like feeding the fish. Yeah, but I think I got through to one person. My one buddy, uh, I'm out with him the other night. I went to a honky-tonk, by the way. Nice. My first time at one. Kind of a weird experience. But anyway, that's another conversation. So we're talking. Before we left, we had dinner. And you um, said, man, you know, I tell my wife, I think I'm just starting to listen to Biscardi a lot more. You know, I always want to help people. I want to do better by them. But I think he's right. Just nobody cares. You know, like the, the quote from the Bronx Tale. <laughs> Nobody cares. They don't care if I die tomorrow. They just want my money. They don't care about me. Why should I care about them? And I didn't say anything. I just said, you know, yes. I just, I just see things just a little bit differently. So um, that's what it is, I think, down here with people that they just – their conscience isn't clear if they don't help these people. And they will. And then it's – again, these people aren't getting better. They're not bettering themselves. No. This one guy come up to me downtown and here in Corpus Christi and he asked me if he if I could uh, spare anything so he could get a <laughs> so he could get a hotel room. So he pulls out of he's like, Yeah, I got a little bit of money on me. He pulls out of his pocket like two dollars and maybe a few quarters and pennies. And uh said, your check. first of all, you're not gonna get yourself a hotel room 
with uh, some spare chump change. Right. And and second of all, I said, why don't you try this? Instead of asking a million people out of a law of averages to you know, a hotel room, why don't you tell them your story and just ask them to put you up? Yeah. It's like teach a man to fish. <laughs> you know, you can give them change, but why don't you like, open up some hospitals? Yeah, but you know what? There's, there are homeless shelters. They just don't want to be in them. Yeah. So how do we stop the problem with the bums? And I, you know, and this goes back to the what's wrong with politicians? Yep. Again, like you said, some guys are just down on their luck, and um, the others are, are, in my personal opinion, there's no else, no way else to call, no other way to call them but junkies. Because I've seen firsthand. That's like you said. You have That's what the they meth, are. You have the meth heads. We had this one guy in the neighborhood. This was when I lived in Midtown. And I remember he used to ask every day that I saw him, if I crossed paths with this guy. I guess he didn't remember my face. Um, He used to say, excuse me, sir, do I have a question for you? Do you have a second? Can I ask you something? My card won't swipe. Do you have a uh, 75 cents? And, you know, of course, the subways are way past 75 cents by now. And no matter how many times that this guy um, pulled the same routine, yeah. one time I called him, he approached me and I said, let me guess, hold on, you want to know, your card won't swipe if I have any change so you can get a subway token, I'm sorry, your, your metro card when you- Oh, no, that, that's not what I was going to ask. I was going to ask you for the time. Like, that's the cop. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to ask you for the time. Yeah, what's the capital for? Anyway, I saw this guy more than once in the liquor store buying with the big stack of change, the little itty-bitty bottles of beef eater gin and absolute <sighs> you know, paid for by the people who probably aren't native New Yorkers. Um, you know, that's... I always love the stories, too, when they set you up with a scenario. Instead of saying, can I have changed? They're like, hey, I just got down on my luck. My car broke down. And when I try to talk to him, I'm like, dude, 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 just cut to the chase. Yeah, this one guy in Little Rock was really funny. Excuse me, are you from around here? And I'm vacuuming out my truck. You from around here? I said, no, I'm not. And then, you know, he gets into, where are you from? And I tell him, I don't know, where are you from? While my, you know, vacuum is is on the timer here and he goes into this long routine about how his daughter is in the hospital and he has to go visit her and he needs to buy a fuel pump from AutoZone but he's $11 short. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's, like, there's no AutoZone really nearby. It's, it's not really walking distance from the nearest AutoZone. And uh, anyway, so I brush this guy off. The following day, I see the same guy in another parking lot. And I'm, oh, look who it is. <laughs> Working that bit. Same thing turns to me and he goes, excuse me, are you from around here? I said, you're the guy with the, the fuel pump. What? Yeah, the guy who needed the fuel pump, right? Did you get it? No, no. What are you talking about? And I said, remember you, you asked me yesterday. No, it wasn't me. Yeah, it was you. No, it wasn't me. And he turned back. Backpedaling. You know, he walks off. Um, and the guy's face was really messed up. Like, clearly he either owed money to his meth dealer or he was maybe a degenerate gambler and a bookie did that to him. But his face was really messed up. Um, and so, again, sometimes I wanted to say to these people, do I look like a sucker to you? Do you think I haven't heard this before? Yeah. What about this face makes you think that I'm stupid? Like, why don't you just come out and say, I want money because I'm a garbage bale, or, or I want money because I don't feel like work. Right. Uh, yeah, just be honest. I'm lazy. Yeah. The, uh, let me ask you a question about the um, homeless gentleman that was shitting in public. Yeah. It's a great way to segue in a uh, question, but... Uh, was was this was that a one time thing where somebody caught a picture of that? Are they actually having a problem with people shitting in public? Because thinking, why would you just go to like a rest like a McDonald's and use the bathroom? I hear it's a recurring problem. Um, Jeez. But again, I I haven't been a. <laughs> so 
long recent life. Imagine traveling there on like vacation. Hey, sweetie, look, it's the fish market. Hey, it's the Transamerica building. And hey, it's a guy shitting in the middle of the sidewalk. Now, I think the most expensive city in the country. Yeah. I think it's actually surpassed New York as wow. the most expensive city. I guess a lot of the people there are like, they work at Google and those tech companies just outside so they can afford it because that's crazy. But um, it's, again, it comes down to if, if they're mentally ill, they have a problem, why is it evil to have mental institutions? I mean, even the people who are probably so right-wing and conservative and, and cheap on tax dollars, they would probably rather see their tax dollars going to building these institutions to keep these people off the streets, away from their homes, away from oh, their yeah. All right, well, I think that's going to... Uh conclude today's episode of the podcast so i just want to give a quick uh condolences um all of us here at the podcast to the um shooting that happened in uh to the two reporters uh, the reporter and the cameraman in, in roanoke virginia at um wdbga tv um the other day obviously yeah i got some friends in roanoke i don't know if they they knew these people apparently the reporters lived um, they were natives of the area, so it, uh, it could hit close at home from some people I know. But yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty bad stuff. Really messed up. So our thoughts are with them. And uh, yeah. trouble thing to happen. Join us tomorrow for a little episode with uh, Sean Kanan from Karate Kid Three, General Hospital, Bold and the Beautiful. And um, my lord, anything else you want to add for today's show? I have uh, I've got some questions I gotta come up with for Sean Cannon, so we'll have to collaborate on that. We should, and we should just ask some questions unrelated to his career. Like, so tell us about the. <laughs> do you um, actually do karate? Yeah, tell us about the Warsaw Treaty Act and the. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about North Korea's um, nuclear weapons? Do you program? like insane asylums that are abandoned? Yeah. <laughs> Sean, have you ever been to uh, the? Gramercy Armory in New York? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, we were kind of hoping you did, so Michael field this question. We just pin him, you and him together with trivia, but it's it's only about New York. So, all right. Well, tweet us at the podcast. Let us know uh, what you think about today's show. Do you agree with us? you disagree? What should we do with the homeless? And tell Michael Biscardi, um, what the hell is wrong with people? Let us know. I want to know. I can't be the the almighty judge all the time. Tweet us in. Good night, everybody. All right. Good night. Good luck. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly.